Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's going on? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Go here with you. Joined alongside by the greats, Alex Gelhar, the Whiskey from Wisconsin. What's up, man? Uh, not too much. It's We're getting into June now. Okay. You know, the uh, as we'll talk about. It's just getting the, serious. The fantasy draft kit is out. <laughs> Mock drafts oh, yeah. are happening uh, on the reg. Yeah. I got called into one with our uh, a couple of our pals over at Roto World and some other fantasy analysts. It was Monday night at about... What was it like? Six twenty-one p.m. Yeah. out here or something? And All I had right. just finished cooking dinner, and I was about to sit down, and I got a call from our friend uh, Roto Pat uh, Roto at Pat. Roto World. Okay, I'm like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, would you be able to do a mock draft tonight in like nine minutes? <laughs> they had had like a scheduling <laughs> conflict, and it was for their magazine. I got and it. Nobody else could do it, and since I was I literally going to be doing nothing else on okay. that, I was like, yeah, yeah. why not? So Correct. mock drafts are right. Ramping up. We're getting yeah. into we're getting into fantasy season, yeah, baby. What'd you do? Uh, crack open a beer and uh, do a little mock drafting? Uh, no, I just ate my healthy oh, <laughs> dinner I and see. did some mock drafting. Oh, I kept it healthy. I see. All right, there you go. MG Mike guy, Marcus Grant in the building. What's up, man? How you doing? You know, I, I think I've learned that uh, apparently if you are suffering from cold-like symptoms, cold-like symptoms, okay, the the cure is alcohol. <laughs> You know, I, 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 we were so. Quick story. I remember, you know, it was okay. a couple years back. We need back, a backstory. We need a backstory. A couple years back, yeah. uh, I convinced Hytham Kalani, our, our friend and producer, to uh, come out with me on a Friday night. He said he wasn't feeling great. Mm-hmm. Okay. We went out. Uh, he, we both tied one on. The next day, he said, "Hey, I feel a lot better. I feel a lot better." So yesterday, okay. I left here and I, I was, you know, operating at less than a hundred percent. And uh, you know, Alex and and Hytham again convinced me to come out and and have a few beers. All right, now you feel. Uh, I woke up this morning. I felt great. I mean, I felt like I was operating at probably about eighty-five percent yesterday. Yeah. Also, had a few beers. Yeah. Had another one when I got home. Woke right. up this morning. Feel great too. Yeah, feel great. <laughs> I feel great. Well, this is it's the ancient I'm, medicine right here. I, I, I want to know. I want to know what were you guys? What were you guys taking back here? What, what was just just we had a couple beers I at, know, lo- at what, Lobster though? and Beer. I know, but what? I mean, maybe it's the beer because it's Tuesday. Well, no, no. I want to know it was, what uh, kind of beer because maybe that. Has oh, I had. Well, I had medicinal. Med- per- well, see, I mean, I had Medellos, but the, I had some Lagunitas. I think the last time I went out with Hytham, uh, we were we might have been even just drinking like straight liquor. I have no idea. I don't remember. <laughs> it's been a while now. Fair enough. There you go. Uh, I feel like uh, I think the Simpsons said it best: is that the uh, is alcohol is the uh, problem, 
and the solution. Root cause of and solution to yes. all of life's problems. All of life's problems. Yeah. There you go. Producer Christina behind the glass. What's up? How you doing? What's up? What's going on today? Uh, you know, not much. Yeah, chilling. Just chilling. Okay, great. Uh, we got a uh, we got a full cast of characters. Or is anyone back there? No, oh. they may have yeah, left. Yeah, we, ha- we have a guest. We have our intern. Oh, we what? We have an intern. I don't even know we had an intern. We have a live studio audience. What's our intern's name? As we pass off the mic, it's Cameron. Cameron. Hello, Cameron. Okay. Wow. If I knew we had an intern, would have done something special. I don't. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> Probably nothing. But I mean, you know, it's it's the thought that counts. It's it's fun to say. All right, there you go. We got a great show in front of us here today, man. Um, as Alex Gilhard mentioned, the draft kit just dropped, man. NFL.com/slash/draftkit to get all of your fantasy drafting needs covered man we got sleepers we got deep sleepers we got bargains we got players to avoid aka bus we're not you allowed to use that word uh, players to avoid players to avoid players to avoid we got breakout stars as well potential breakout stars as well uh theoretically we will get austin eckler on the phone today talk to the uh la chargers running back there the do-it-all running back we're going to talk to him about his journey from very, 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 very small town to one of the largest metropolises in the world in L.A. He's got such an interesting backstory, man. I'm, I'm excited uh, to kind of share his story with our listeners out there. And, of course, we will close out our show with a round of Daily Daps. But let's get right into it. Let's talk about your top fantasy headlines. Oh, my God, the news! We really do have breaking news. Hey, did you guys know that the Eagles, the Patriots, are playing in the Super Bowl? That is breaking news. Breaking news. News. As I shared, intimated with the uh, gentleman this morning, there was uh, not a lot of news. Not a lot of news this week. Not so much. Uh, Not so much. So the top breaking news is the fact that the draft kit dropped. Did I mention it's NFL.com slash draft kit? I don't think you did, but people should go check it out. But now we have. NFL.com. Slash draft kit. So there you go. Uh, so the top breaking news is that the draft kit has dropped, and now we're going to talk to you about sleepers, deep sleepers, and all of these players that you're so excited about coming into the 2018 season. Let's start with sleepers. And this is a, uh, 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 from the point of view of Adam Rank. Of course, it's, it's his brand. It's his ranks, brand. ranks 11 sleepers. Ranks 11 sleepers. It's, a, it's almost like ranks 11 2.0 because he's dropped it for the draft kit. Uh, one of the names that he has highlighted uh, as a player that to get excited about in terms of being a sleeper is Martavis Bryant. Remember, he goes from Pittsburgh. Now he's in Oakland. Uh, they've kind of, I don't want to say they've revamped, but you know they've retooled maybe their wide receiver core. They still have Amari Cooper there. They've got Martavis Bryant, of course. They have one of Alex Gilhar's favorite all-time players in Jordy Nelson there as well all right so we'll start with you Alex uh your thoughts on Martavis Bryant as a potential sleeper here well I mean he's joining a crowded pass catching group which uh has depressed his value in drafts I think I actually took Martavis Bryant in that mock I did okay on Monday that I was talking about earlier in the pod uh round maybe 11 12 he might have fallen to wow 10 maybe uh because you know the issues there are John Gruden's coming in may want to force in a run heavy approach yeah Amari Cooper's already there as the clearly established number one. They paid Jordy Nelson a bunch of money. He's probably going to get plenty of looks. How does Martavis Bryant fit in? 
But, I mean, the guy has all the physical talent in the world. We've seen it showcased on big stages time and time again. So I don't mind him as a sleeper. You don't want to be reaching too high for him like we did, you know, years and years ago. Every year, like, oh, this is the year for Martavis. Got to take him in the fourth. Got to take him in the fifth. (laughs) But uh, he certainly has opportunity because, I mean, Jordy Nelson – while he'll probably get plenty of looks, is also yeah. on the wrong side of, like, 32 now at this right, point even. Right, right, right. And Amari Cooper uh, was less than stellar last year. Oh so God, there bad. certainly could be opportunity, but it's just it's a muddled situation right now on a totally new offense we don't have a great sense for. This per Adam Rank in his wonderful column. While you're waiting for Amari Cooper to break out, I'll take a chance on Bryant. He's had some issues and eventually wore out his welcome with the Steelers. That's fine. I almost feel a bit nostalgic thinking of how the Raiders would take cast-offs in the past and turn them into gold. I mean, not Randy Moss, but I'm talking <laughs> old, old-school Raiders. <coughs> Raiders. So um, Mar- I think Mar- uh, what Adam Rank was you know, suggesting is kind of what you were hinting at there, Alex Gilhar. But um, you know, w- when you take a look at uh, his price right now on Fantasy Football Calculator, there's actually a pretty big difference, a, a full round, maybe even more difference uh, in standard leagues versus PPR. In a 12-team standard, he's going you know, somewhere in the ninth round, um, around pick 100-ish. But then in a 12-team PPR format on Fantasy Football Calculator, he's uh, going at the end of round 10. So we're talking you know, p- around pick 120. So there is a, a little bit of a significant drop-off there if we're talking standard versus PPR, and I can understand that. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I always felt like Martavis Bryant's biggest obstacle has always been Martavis Bryant. Um, you know, and, and if he can figure that out, then there, there's certainly some opportunity there for him. I, I feel like I think he's better for me in a best ball situation than okay. if I'm trying to count on him week to week because I just I, I don't know how much the Raiders' passing game uh, is conducive to him you know, being a, a – a, week-to-week contributor. Um, yeah, I mean, just simply because yeah, I think we've all started to realize that that, Dave, uh, that Derek Carr is not necessarily going to air it out and sling the ball deep down the field, which is where Martavis' strengths lie. You know? Right. I, I think if you're looking underneath, you're going to see a lot of Jordy Nelson there. I mean, you're going to see you know, whoever they're, they're running out in the slot, that sort of thing. Yeah, Amari Cooper's running it down there, too. True, and but you see how inconsistent Amari Cooper has been, too. Right. I mean, I know he had a high touchdown number last year, but his yardage totals were awful. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're talking about – and I think Martavis or Amari Cooper is a more well-rounded receiver than Martavis Bryant right. is. So, that's again, that's why I think best ball, he's great week to week. I, I With Alex, you're taking a, a chance on him kind of in your later rounds, and you're playing him when you think the matchup's good. Can we talk about how maybe Martavis Bryant uh, – as we're having this conversation, it, it just struck me – does Martavis Bryant depress Amari Cooper's value? Because we've talked about not only just targets, but air yards as being so important uh, in projecting fantasy value. Martavis Bryant, I would imagine, will soak up a good amount of air yards and probably, again, just that means that Amari Cooper's not seeing those air yards. Am I wrong in thinking that? Or, you know, it it doesn't necessarily need to be a zero-sum game, obviously, but it's possible anyways that Martavis Bryant sees some deeper shots. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, they they are going to move Cooper all around, and two receivers can get plenty of air yards in an offense. I don't think Jordy Nelson is the same guy who used to, you know, blow the tops off of defenses uh, for Green Bay year after year after year. Um, So if anybody's going to be going deep, it's going to be Cooper or Bryant. All right, so other uh, players that Adam Rank has highlighted in his column. Let me pull it up. Okay, here we go. Sony Michelle from New England. Now, you guys chip in at any point here if you guys, you know, uh, hear a name that uh, that really uh, rings your bell here. But Sony Michelle for New England, Ronald Jones 
for Tampa Bay. Classic rank move. His first, like, four guys on this list are all rookie rookies. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, Ronald Jones obviously anticipated to walk into a pretty good um, – you know, workload there with Tampa Bay. Sony Michelle, I'm, I'm, you know, let me, maybe you guys can convince me. I'm torn on Sony Michelle. Obviously, an extremely talented player. Um, I just don't know what kind of workload he's going to get in New England. I think he'll be fine. Uh, you know, I mean, I, mean, I, I know that the initial hype, and I definitely fell into it myself, is that he walks right in and he's Dion Lewis and he gets all those. Like, I don't know necessarily that he gets that kind of workload, but I right. still think his skill set is enough that he's going to get a lot of opportunity. I mean, the, the Patriots went out and spent a high draft pick on this guy. You know, they're, they're going to they're going to slide him in, and they're going to, you know, they're they're going to give him some work. And the, I think the thing that we've all sort of figured out in the last year or so is that the Patriots' backfield is not the riddle of the Sphinx like we thought it was for so many years. I think right. we kind of figured out how things work there now. So I'm fine with it. I mean, I've seen him going fairly early in mock drafts. I mean, you know, I've seen him rounds three or four in some mock drafts, maybe even a little bit higher. So I, I, do oh think, I do think the hype obviously is there. I do think the opportunity is there. And on top of it, he is a guy in a good offense. And, that you know, I think when it comes down to it, that's the one thing. We're, we're trying to find guys who will get opportunities within the context of good offenses, and Sony Michelle fits that bill. Sony Michelle currently on Fantasy Football Calculator, PPR, 12-team. Uh, end of the round four, so we're talking about you know any anywhere between you know picks forty five and fifty, which is to me, ugh. it's a little rich for my blood. That's, I'd rather I'd rather wait. That's expensive, man. I'd rather wait like a round or two just to kind of you know. I would uh, rather wait five rounds. I mean, I'm just. I, I guess five I guess, rounds. You're crazy. I guess I'm never going to take Sony Michelle at that price. I thought he was going in the eighth round. I didn't. I didn't realize he was going you know near the end of the fourth. That's, ooly. I mean, I look at the backfield. It's Rex Burkhead is still there, and he got a lot of work last year. Uh, remember, Jeremy Hill is there. I'm not saying he's going to be in it, yeah, okay. but, I mean, he's he's there. James White is still there. He was a, a critical part of that offense. Mike Gillisley is still there. Brandon Bolden is still there. Um, I mean, some of these guys are going to get cut, obviously. Uh, and I'm, obviously not all these guys are going to be with the team, but. I mean, I, I Jeremy don't Hill, see a clear Jer- path. Jeremy Hill was an acquisition Michelle. they made before they drafted Michelle. Right. They don't have a big investment in him. Mike Gillisley was inactive for like 14 games last yeah, yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, James White is primarily a pass catching back, and while he puts up good season long numbers, his role week to week isn't relative, isn't too consistent. And Burkhead's more of a the, the Swiss Army knife. You know, they can they'll play him in the slot. They'll line him up out wide. Michelle is the truest uh, pure runner, pure like running back they have on the roster. So I think the the reasonable path to upside is there, um, especially with all of Deion Lewis's touches gone. Okay. Well. But it's just there's certainly risk because Patriots. <laughs> there you go. I, I didn't realize he was going that high, man. I think at that price, I'm all the way out on Sony Michelle. I, I didn't realize he was going end of the fourth. Wow, that's that's pricey, man. Uh, Royce Freeman is another guy that we've talked about on this podcast that Adam Rank also likes there in Denver. Rookie running back out of Oregon going to uh, Denver. We've talked about Bill Musgrave uh, having coached under uh, Chip Kelly and bringing some spread concepts there to Denver. So I think that's a good systematic fit. I like that one a lot. Uh, Boston Scott, uh, a running back there for New Orleans, he, he talks about as well. Can I just say, that this is me you know, patting myself on the back here. Yes. I just finished a uh, a slow rookie dynasty draft. Okay. I had the, what, the final pick, the 48th and final pick in this draft. Okay. 
Boston Scott fell right into my lap. Yeah, buddy. I like I, I had to look. There you go. I had to go back through all the emails Boston and just Scott, like and, and just make sure that like. Oh yeah. Wait, like no, he can't still. Wait, he. He's there. I mean, I literally did Control F and typed in Boston Scott to see if he was like, holy crap, he's still there. Good for you. At least I know, you right? Pull the Akbar where you're like, how are you guys <laughs> sleeping on Antonio <laughs> Brown? Like, bro, like, he bro. went three picks ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Uh, so good for you doing the Control F. I like that. A lot. Uh, other names you can find, NFL.com slash draftkit, NFL.com slash rank if you would like to see his full list of sleepers on the upcoming season. All right, let's get to Deep Sleepers, written by the great Alex Gelhar. Do you want to walk us through a few? Actually, let me let me tee you up on, on a couple, can I? Sure. How about Alan Hearns, you list here, as the potential number one wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys? He actually made it into ranks uh, 11 sleepers, too, which I had forgotten about. But I wanted to put him in there, and I said I cheated. Most of the people in the deep sleepers list uh, just have an ADP in the double-digit rounds yeah, or I think aren't being drafted. 100%. I mean, you got to get out of the out of the, out of of the the bubble. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, but Hearns, I mean, he's only 26 years old, and it seems like an eternity ago, but just three seasons ago, he had a 1,000-yard, 10-touchdown campaign with okay. the Jags. He's a talented guy. He's going to line up outside for them. And between Des Bryant's release and Jason Witten's retirement, over 44% of the 2017 team targets are open right now Whoa. in Dallas. That's a huge That's, piece of the passing. That is oh, ridiculous. Yeah. And other people are going to pick some up, too. Sure. But, I mean, like, nobody here in this room is a gigantic fan of Terrence Williams. <laughs> I don't think Cole Beasley's going to come out and get, you know, 115 targets. So, okay. uh, Hearns is in a great spot. I think he's a talented route He's a talented route runner. He's a good guy at, um, at the catch point. Uh, and he's going to have plenty of upside in this offense. Interesting to me, man. Um, you're right. And his current price on Fantasy Football Calculator – End of round 10, we're getting him in pick 120 or later, which I think is it's a great bargain, man. It's, it's a great bargain. I think it's a great deep sleeper. Uh, another man that you have uh, tried to generate some buzz for, Tyler Lockett. And, you know, I got to be honest with you, man. I forgot about Tyler Lockett for a second. A lot of people have. <laughs> and I love this pick. Uh, well, I love this pick. He's going around 14 or later across multiple sites. That's madness. Uh, it's That's madness. madness. But uh, and as I wrote, like I almost took him off because as I was writing his blurb, the Seahawks signed Brandon Marshall to a one-year deal. But then I remembered, you know, as we've said on recent podasts, Brandon Marshall has three touchdowns over the last two years and his last 161 targets, caught under 48% of those passes. Lockett, things are really lining up for him in fantasy this year. He's entering the final year of his rookie contract, so he wants to get paid, needs to get paid, so he needs to perform in order to do that. Right, right. The Seahawks are likely going to be passing a lot. They've had. Uh, some issues on defense. Still don't trust their offensive line and running game, even though they went and got Rashad Penny in the first first round. Right. Um, so between a you know tougher or a defense that's not going to be able to just shut as many people down, a, a better division and a, a potentially substandard running game, like they're going to be throwing it a lot. And uh, 176 targets walked out the door in free agency when Paul Richardson and Jimmy Graham left. Right. So there's there's a need. We know Tyler Lockett is a skilled player. He was a, a favorite of uh, Matt Harmon in reception perception. If oh, you yeah. remember a couple of years ago, oh, yeah. Harmon said Lockett might be his Allen Robinson this year, and his yep. ADP went through the roof. <laughs> uh, and then he got injured and didn't yeah. live up to those expectations, and everybody cried. But anyways, right now he's <laughs> representing a great value. Uh, he's attached to a good offense with an elite quarterback. Like I mean, it yeah. just checks – Box after box after box after box. Uh, you look at his 2017 numbers, played 16 games, started eight of them, uh, only saw 71 targets. you got to think that number moves up. Now, again, 555 yards in 2017, so you're thinking in just two touchdowns. So whatever, right? But, again, Paul Richardson gone, 
that's a vacuum of air yards. It's a vacuum of targets. Um, man, Jimmy Graham not being there as well, so more targets will open up. But uh, I look at this, I look at Lockett, and I look at uh, Doug Baldwin, I, I start getting excited, That's why, especially uh, given their prices. That's why I've been loving taking Baldwin in mocks around round three. Some people are a little – Sour from last year, what yeah. happened. But, I mean, the two years prior, he was like a top 10 wide receiver in PPR each year. That's right. He's not the, the sexiest pick because he's not going to get a gajillion targets or, you know, yards like Julio Jones or anybody. But at the right, end right. of the year and week to week, he's going to contribute. And Lockett could be in that mold too. All right, give me one other deep sleeper that you liked uh, in your column. Uh, well, one I'd like to throw a little uh, – shine a little light on too is Bryce Butler. Uh, over in Arizona, Butler. Now, Bryce Butler. I, I like. I'm just this gonna read. Deep. I'm gonna read this blurb because I I enjoyed this part of writing but Bryce Butler's uh, blurb in the article. But yes. when it comes to deep sleepers, many of the candidates don't have illustrious resumes. Bright, Bryce Butler's may take the cake as least likely to inspire confidence. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't had a season with um more than 350 receiving yards in a decade. In a decade. He was a seventh round pick in 2013, whose career highs in targets are 35, receptions 21. Yards, 317, and touchdowns, three. But you're saying in a decade. What, did you go back to his college? Well, no, it was per cardswire.com. Well, even in college, he, he was oh, only a rotational right. player. He was a USC rotational guy who ended up transferring to San Diego State. Yes. <laughs> so, like, he hasn't had that many yards since high school. Wow. So Okay. But now you look at his situation in no, you're 2018. Not, you're not selling me on Bryce Butler here. He bro. had great testing numbers, James. Are you ready for this? Go. Hit 4.3 second 40-yard dash. Oh, 4.36. 4.36. Yeah. 40-yard oh, dash. Oh, fast. Oh. Just shy, of fast. A, just shy of a 130-inch broad jump. Let's go. Just shy of a 40-inch vert and a 6.6 second three cone. Uh, now, um, he also, last year, his 21.1 yards per catch uh, led the NFL among players with at least 15 catches. 15 so catches. it's an extremely, <laughs> extremely low threshold. 15 catches. However, Good, he yeah. uh, signed with the Cardinals, who yeah. uh, they lost John Brown. Right. They lost J. Ron Brown. Okay. Uh, and they haven't made any big additions. The biggest addition they get back is David Johnson being healthy in the passing game. But uh, Bryce Butler's going to be lining up outside. Where the hell is Jerron Brown? I didn't even realize he got. He's in Seattle. Oh, is he? Yes. Uh, they they drafted Christian nice. Kirk in, I think, the third round. But Kirk, um, this is a good stat from Scott Barrett at uh, Pro Football Focus. All right. Kirk ran like 90% of his routes out of the slot in college. Right. And they're going to ask him to play outside because Larry, Larry Fitzgerald's running the slot. That's yeah, his yeah, domain. Yeah. And uh, a similar situation happened to Nelson Aguilar when he came out of college, played primarily in the slot, was asked to go outside. And then you remember how much he struggled early on adjusting to the NFL game. This past year, they put him in the slot more, succeeded a lot. So, okay. Kirk potentially having some growing pains at the NFL level would set up nicely for the big six foot three athletic freak Bryce Butler to potentially fall into like seventy five hundred targets. And the dude's undrafted right now. And it's not like he's old. No, he's just he's you know. he's he's pretty young. Yeah. And and like the situation, they have not only one but two good quarterbacks in Arizona now. So it's yeah. not like you know he's got. Christian Hackenberg or something throwing him the football. He's got Sam, Sam Bradford, Bradford or or Josh Rosen. Right. He's not also bad. not the number one because Larry Fitzgerald's there to to yeah. keep defenses honest. And uh, I don't know. I love the situation. I love taking a last you know last round or two flyer on Bryce Butler. Round sixteen. You're you're, you're taking Bryce Butler. Why the hell not? You made a mistake. You already drafted your defense and kicker, and you're like, man, who am I going to take? Yeah. Bryce Butler. There you go. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot, actually. That's a that was that was a roundabout way to sell me on Bryce Butler, but 
I'll take I mean, it. I, like I said, that resume, man, <laughs> you look at it. <laughs> Woof. All right, let's go on the opposite end of the spectrum. Those were some lesser-known players that we love going into the 2018 season. Now we go into some more well-known players or maybe some players that are generating a lot of buzz, and we have the perfect man to talk about it, the fantasy skeptic himself, Marcus <laughs> Grant. He's going to just pour a big old bucket of cold water Right on the height. Fa- fantasy equivalent of Debbie Downer. Pretty much. I mean, look, here's the thing, man. It, it, it's important to know some of these guys that have giant red flags because sometimes, you know, you, you love the player that you saw last year. Mm-hmm. And the situation has changed. And that is why you need to kind of be aware of what the situations are and all of those things. And, and that's why I, I actually quite enjoyed uh, reading Marcus Grant's piece. But, Marcus Grant, will you walk us through a couple of guys, but let's start with Derek Henry. Yeah, and I wrote in here. I mean, this one this one kind of hurts personally because I, I was driving the you know, hashtag free Derek Henry right. bandwagon. Big right? time. And, 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 Big time. And everything seemed to be lining up, right? DeMarco Murray was gone. You know, it, it looked like this was going to be the opportunity for Derek Henry, and then Deion Lewis shows up. Um, you know, and I know the talk has been, well, he's just a third down back and he's just a pass catching back. But that's not really true. If you go back and you look at his usage in the past, right? The Patriots used him a lot on first and second down. He that's was a right. guy who ran the ball effectively. Obviously, we know what he does as a pass catcher, and you just wonder whether or not he's going to have a similar role there in Tennessee. And so, how much that cuts in to what Derrick Henry does? And now there's the news that they are sort of one A and one B. That came out this morning, right? We'll see exactly how that works out when we get into further into mini camps and into training camp, and you know, in about six weeks, six or eight weeks from now, we'll see exactly how that works out. But what it certainly does mean, Derrick Henry is not going to be the workhorse back that I think a lot of us wanted him to be. And so, right. if you were trying to you know reach for him in the third or fourth round, thinking you're going to get all this opportunity, you're going to be disappointed. He's going to get work. Certainly, he's not just going to fall off a cliff and disappear. But this idea that suddenly he's going to be a guy who gets you know, 250 carries in a season. Right. I think that now, I think you have to back off those those projections and understand that he is going to be just another committee back down there. You know, uh, and I think the one thing I think about, too, uh, regarding Derrick Henry is, well, first of all, Tennessee's got a, I mean, they've got an awesome offensive line. I love their offensive line down there. Athletic, mm-hmm. nasty. Um, they can do some things. But uh, that being said, I think a, a big reason why we liked Derrick Henry last year was, okay, they, they're running behind this great offensive line. And you knew they were going to be committed to, to, to running that ball. They were going to be whatever, the exotic smash mouth. They were smash mouth football, man. Ground and pound, whatever you want to call it. You knew they were going to run that ball. Now with Matt LaFleur as their offensive coordinator. Remember, if, you know, Matt LaFleur, LaFleur, not a well-known commodity in NFL circles, but certainly um, a guy that has – uh, at least is coming from a, a system with the off uh, the offensive coordinator position with the the, the Rams, uh, so he goes from the Rams where they were just I mean lighting the scoreboard up, and, and now he goes to Tennessee. You know where he was before the Rams too, QB coach for Matt Ryan during his uh, MVP season. There you go, there you go. So uh, again, you you figure they're going to open it up, they're going to spread it out a little bit. If they open it up, spread it out, is Derrick Henry still that guy? You know what I mean? Is he right. still that? Is he still that power dude? Can he still run power from shotgun? Can he still run power from spread? I'm not sure. Well, another part of it is, some of it has to do with Derrick Henry stylistically as well, because this is a we talked about his size ad infinitum, right. how big he is. Yes, huge. But, but he runs like a smaller back. 
Mm. I mean, this is a guy. I, mean, I, I still flash back to the time he walked through the newsroom and he walked past Alex and I. And and if you if I didn't know better and you told me he was a DN, I would have said, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, all right, cool, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but he could have stood next to Willie McGinnis, and you'd be like, oh, you guys line up next you guys, to each other. You guys, you guys play the same position, right? Both put your hand in the dirt, right? Right, yeah, right. Um, but to watch him run, he spends so much time trying to bounce things to the outside and trying to get to the edge, and it's like, dude. You are a monster. Like, I hear what use your size and strength, and you I just wonder, you know, how much that's going to impact his ability getting the football, especially down toward, you know, in short yardage in the goal line. If he wants to be that guy who's always trying to bounce things, yeah, it's like, we want you to be more Leonard Fournette. We want you to be less Deion Lewis. Okay. The the thing that scares me the most about Deion Lewis's arrival with Derrick Henry too yeah. is not even just. Uh, vulturing pass-catching work and, and limiting that workload, but it's his role in the red zone because Deion Lewis is a phenomenal red zone threat because he's both a good runner, whether it's you know just from 20 yards in or at the goal line, and he's he's so versatile in the pass-catching game. Right. He had 40 touches for the Patriots in the red zone last year and scored eight times. That's a lot. It's a lot of red zone touchdowns. Wow. Actually, no, excuse me. He scored nine times. All, all of his there touchdowns All of his touchdowns came in the red zone. I had That's forgotten amazing. to click, well, click a week on the I mean, he's thing. crazy elusive, too. He's, yeah. super, he's, crazy, he's crazy elusive. elusive. <laughs> fast. He had 34 rushes for 136 yards, four-yard average, six touchdowns in the red zone last year. Caught all six of his targets uh, for 52 yards and three yeah. touchdowns in the red zone. You look at Derrick Henry's price right now, too, and he just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it drops, but I don't think it will. Derrick Henry right now. Uh, going somewhere in that third round, he's got you know uh, value somewhere in the 30s. Okay, so uh, at that price, I, I just I can't do it, man. For all the reasons that that Marcus Grant has laid out, it's just I, I don't see how you get return on your investment there. Uh, the return Derek. could come as Derrick Henry, as much as we're talking about him, the big back. He's also a home run threat. The dude is, is fast, is and true. if that offense opens up and you start see him hitting through some of those lanes that like Todd Gurley was hitting last year, where Todd would, you know, Gurley would get to the second level and then just juke people. If Derrick Henry gets to the second level like that with a full head of steam. A lot of business decisions. A uh, lot of business decisions. <laughs> Going to be a lot of guys jumping out of the way like, you know, stormtroopers. A lot of business decisions, baby. Because yeah, I tell you what, when, when we watched him walk through that newsroom, I was like, he looks like the kind of person that if I tried to tackle, I would just turn to dust. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, I would get in there. I'd square him up. I'd, I'd hit oh, him with the pads, man. and he, I would just – that is funny. Oh, and coach, I, I was going to tackle him, but, like, I, I got some dirt in my eye. I, I couldn't see. <laughs> I don't know what happened. That's great. Um, man, I just noticed this on Fantasy Football Calculator as well. You want to talk about variance? Holy hell. Uh, his earliest draft price is 1.12, so end of the first. But his lowest is 5.11, so the end of the fifth. I bet the 1.12 was somebody doing a mock draft in February before Deion Lewis, you know, got uh, signed. It's, it's from the last month, so they take it. Oh, really? Okay. I was going to say they are probably, you know, one is probably an Alabama fan, the other one's like a Tennessee fan. <laughs> the, the old Alabama or, or the old Alabama Titans fan at right, first. Right. It's like, Woo! Okay, I got you, I got you. So there you go. So, But some crazy wide variants, certainly. Uh, on the price of Derrick Henry, and I think the arrival of Deion Lewis certainly has a lot to do with that. All right, give me another player to avoid, Marcus Grant. Uh, I'm going to go one because I, I got a little bit of heat, not much, but a little bit of heat in my mentions for yeah. putting Jarvis Landry on this list. Why? Um, well, because, and I, I, I couch it again, you know, sort of like you couch your deep sleepers. I couch this one with, look, Jarvis Landry is fine. I still think he can get around, you know, I, I think he'll be slightly under 90 catches this year. He'll get yeah. plenty of targets, but it's just, it's trying to fit him into this offense that, 
Obviously, he's upgraded his pieces. Yeah. It's upgraded his pieces, it's yeah. pieces, but there's still a lot of question marks there. You know, like, we don't know, you know, how, how does Baker Mayfield, if he gets this job, how does he slot and how does he integrate into this offense? Right. You've got Duke Johnson, who led the team in targets last year. You're going to get, in theory, a full season out of Josh Gordon. You've got Corey Coleman. You've got David right. Njoku. You've right. got pieces there. Right. That's not even mentioning, you know, Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb and these guys coming in here. To think that Jarvis Landry walks in here, and gets his, you know, 130, 140 targets like he did all those years in Miami, you're going to be disappointed. If that, if you were expecting him to be the same PPR darling he had been all those years with the Dolphins, right. your feelings are going to get hurt. So if you're <laughs> reaching for him, you know, I'm just saying don't do it. I'm not saying he's going to fall off a cliff. He's not going to disappear and just yeah. be a, a, you know, a nothing burger. But – you just have to understand that his situation has changed drastically from where he was the last few I think years. The caveat with your piece is also that it's not players to avoid because they're bad or anything. It's right. players to avoid at their current draft price. Right. Like, people are taking Jarvis Landry still thinking he's going to – like the last three years in Miami, he averaged 153 targets a year, That's crazy. 105 catches, and over 1,000 yards. Like that is slam dunk PPR, like wide receiver one, wide receiver two value. All day long. But that he didn't have Josh Gordon. He didn't have Duke Johnson in right. those offenses there. In Joku. And, you know, it, the offense was funneled through him. Right. We don't know if that's going to be the case in Cleveland. I there are a bunch much. more opportunities. Like, even if Jarvis Landry goes out and gets 115, 120 targets, he'll still have a solid year. But you're going to yeah. look back at that third-round pick you sunk you're in like, him and man. be like, you're going to be mad at you're him. You're going to be upset. <laughs> I, I actually wanted to call this piece players to avoid until you reach an appropriate spot in your draft, but I think it's <laughs> too long. Yeah, that's kind of tough to fit in a headline. <laughs> um, is more, that a handy acronym? That's uh, pretty good. I doubt it. Yeah, no? No. No. We've got to workshop that acronym. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, currently, Jarvis Landry has a grade in the middle to late portion of round number five, so he's somewhere in the 50s if you're okay. trying to that's, look for that's getting better. That, that is, that's getting closer to so I think appropriate. Yeah, but I mean, even still, I mean, that's it, he's got to do all the things, all the right things, and everything kind of has to break right for him. I think to to even give you that guaranteed fifth round price. Well, first of all, I, I mean, let's talk about touchdown upside because he has none. Not really. No. I mean, you look at this off. Where are the touchdowns coming from? I don't. I don't see an eight touchdown season for Jarvis Landry. Five or six? Yeah. Sure. I mean, he could luck into eight. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, as we're sitting here projecting for Jarvis Landry today, is he getting eight touchdowns? There's no way. I mean, last year. There's no way. Last year he had a career-high nine touchdowns. He also had a career-high 112 catches. He had 161 targets. That's just not – I just don't think that's available to that's him right. in that's Cleveland. That's exactly right. And, that, that, and that's why I'm saying even in the fifth round for me, it's like, okay, yeah, okay, I'm getting a, a locked and loaded, you know, wide receiver three. Uh, I could play this guy in the flex in my PPR all day long. But – He's not going to be that home run guy, you know, that's going to get you that 10-catch, 120-yard, you know, two-touchdown game. That's just not – I just don't see that in the realm of possibility for Jarvis Landry coming into 2018. That's just that's just me. That's just me. So I, I agree with what you're saying there. Given the price, even the fifth round, uh, given that price, I, I would I, – I guess I'd want to wait a round or two uh, more. And, and we're seeing mock drafters, too, kind of shy away from that. His value is falling uh, in more recent mock drafts as well. All right, so there you go. Uh, again, NFL.com slash draft kit, uh, NFL.com slash grant. Um, Marcus, uh, while, while I got you here, 
uh, you're doing a very interesting thing too, right? Mock Draft Mondays. Are both of you guys doing this? We're all doing it. Everybody's going to be okay. doing it. We're all jumping in on this. So explain to the listeners what Mock Draft Mondays are and, and why it behooves you and how they can find your content. So uh, basically every Monday, one member of our staff is going to do a mock draft, and we're going to try and set this up so that you know, the listeners, whoever's users, you can just get involved. You know, I, When I did mine on Monday, uh, I put out a link like, hey, who wants to mock draft? We'll fill it up. Yeah. Uh, we'll do the draft, and then one of us will write a little short piece on it. That's so right. I did mine uh, on Monday. I I just randomly picked. I randomly picked the third slot in a twelve-team PPR draft. Yeah. Um, what and, did you find? Well, I I what I did some things a little bit differently. You know, I I started in fact my first round pick. I was the third pick. Uh, the first two, no surprise, really Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott. So with with Lev Bell and David Johnson still sitting there, yeah. uh, I instead went Antonio Brown. Normally in that third spot, I would be a running back guy, but I was like, well, let's try something different. It's a mock draft. Sure, sure. So I took Antonio Brown. I like it. Um, you know, and look, part of it was you know having some targets. Part of it was a little bit of good luck. Like I thought it was sort of good fortune that in round you know near the end of round two, Devontae Freeman was still sitting there for me. I was able to grab him late in round two and still come back around and get my targeted Jarek McKinnon in round three. So I mean that you know certainly that worked in my in my favor, um, but I did I, I kind of went out of the norm. I did some things that I, I wouldn't do. I took a quarterback in the sixth round, grabbing Kirk Cousins. Uh, I took a defense a little earlier than normal. Got the the uh, Vikings in round ten. So it was just a good way to try and and try some things out to kind of experiment with some things. And in the end, I ended up with a team that I really liked in this mock draft. I mean, it's one of those things. You know, it's, isn't it so frustrating? You you mock draft a team, you're like. Hey, I, I like this team. I wish I could play this team. I really <laughs> wish I could have this. That's kind of how I feel about this one. I'm like, this is a really yeah. good team. Like, I wish I could play this thing out. But it was nice to get in there, especially to have it be a full mock draft room where you yeah. knew you were you were working against other humans. Right. Um, and just trying to go from there. So, yeah, we'll be doing it every week. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who's next up on the list. I'm not sure. Is it? I think uh, it might be Adam Rank. Maybe Adam Rank next week. So. Bottom line is, if you're listening to the podcast, I would strongly encourage you to follow – uh, all of us here uh, on Twitter, because I think these guys will let you know, um, you know, when these mock drafts are happening, how you can be involved, how you can find their content. And, and the most important thing really, too, is to mock draft yourself. I mean, it sounds kind of silly, uh, and but I got to be honest, with you, it doesn't take a lot of time, especially to go through like, let's say like seven or eight rounds. And right. You could bail. Who cares? That's the thing. I mean, you know, there's one guy in there who we, he got through like the eighth or ninth round. And he's like, hey, guys, yeah. got to go back to work. Yeah. You know, like, whatever. Peace out. No one's going to be mad at you. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, get through seven or eight rounds, and you will be shocked by how much easier your actual draft becomes. It just It's a good way to prepare for all sorts of situations, or sure. if you feel like there's a value, like what happens when you take one of the elite tight ends mm. in round four or five? Right. Like if Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz right. or Jimmy Graham or whoever you know is sitting there and you take one, how does that impact the rest of your, your running back depth, right. your wide receiver depth? Yeah, yeah. What happens if you reach early on a quarterback? How does right. your team look? Like, there you go. what happens if you go wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, running back, running back? Like, you can test out different strategies so that way you kind of know how your team composition is coming together and right. you can be better prepared for later rounds. Because nothing's worse than, like, going into a draft and having a plan and trying to stick to it, yeah. but then having everybody else in your league right. blow it up and you're like, I don't know what to do. Right. right. Okay. I mean, literally, it's, it's, I also think, you know, for us, since we, we, do so many mock drafts, especially with other people who are fantasy writers. And, and 
you kind of have an idea of how things are going to go. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always, I always kind of equate it to I mean, one of the quotes. I don't remember where this came from. It's an old saying that you know the the world's greatest swordsman swordsman has nothing to fear from the second greatest swordsman because there's a protocol and there's a you know you kind of have an idea of what the moves are going to be. It's sort of like when you play video games. The worst people to play are button mashers. Button mashers. Because you have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> so like every now and then it's good to get out and mock draft against some button mashers just yeah. so you can kind of figure out like how do you how do you respond when right. something goes sideways? Calling our listeners button mashers. No, our oh, listeners are oh, not. Oh, That's good. why I'm saying they should get out and draft against some button there mashers who don't yes, listen to this yes, show. Maybe. If you're not following us on Twitter, what do you even do with your life? That's what I want. <laughs> They're living a better life than we are. Twitter is a vast wasteland that makes me question my own existence <laughs> on the reg. That's a fair point. Uh, Just kidding. I love also, it. I'm addicted to it. By the way, you can also follow us on Facebook as well. We all have our uh, professional writer page. Follow us there, man. Be cool. Be cool about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. So there you go. Uh, let's get to bargains very quickly, and we'll, we'll burn through some breakouts as well. But uh, I wrote the bargains piece, and one of the names that, uh, that I had highlighted there was Marshawn Lynch. And again, this is all based on, you know, I went to multiple sites uh, to look at current ADP. And, and I know I, I cite Fantasy Football Calculator just for ease of use on this podcast, but uh, I also looked at 4 for 4, who has a lot of different data available as well. So um, it's just, it's all, I, I looked at a bunch of different data points uh, for the bargain. FF Calc right now works best because they've had mock drafts open on their site for months, whereas yeah. a lot of the big sites like, us, ESPN, right. Yahoo, just, get just opening up drafts and stuff, and there's not really enough data to have That's right. reliable ADP yet. That's so. right, exactly. But 4 does a good job, too, of giving you ADP data. Um, and I think Fantasy Pros uh, is another site that I had checked out for ADP data as well. Either way, whatever, I'm looking at overall range and kind of giving a, a good sense of kind of uh, the price for a lot of these guys. Marshawn Lynch, anyways, current ADP range right now, 85 to 110. So you could figure out where whatever round it is. Uh, that you are going to draft it if it's 10 or 12 or even 14 or whatever. But the, the, the range right now is 85 to 110. I just think for me, I'm not scared of Doug Martin. I like the offensive line. I think they're still pretty talented. We talked about it earlier. John Gruden, I think, is going to try to go back and, and be more of a power run team and set up a lot of play action, uh, which I think behooves Amari Cooper. I think it behooves the, the skill set for Derek Carr as well. Um, but look, man, Marshawn Lynch – at the end of last year, was running on all cylinders. He looked awesome. Um, and I think the early part of the season, weeks one through seven, I think it left a lot of uh, a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths. But I, if you watched him run in the back end of the season, man, he looked like old beast mode. Um, he took a two-year hiatus. Now he's back. And I just – I'm not scared of where he's going in drafts right now. He's the RB, what, 33 or something? So, yeah, he's one of my favorite middle RB round 30. running backs to get, especially like Give him, Alex Collins. Like if I if I uh, you know take one of those elite backs and then maybe skew wide receiver heavy or get right. one of those tight ends. Like that's right. Lynch, Lynch, Alex Collins. They're they're right in that circle of guys I love to target as like the lower end potential featured backs. From weeks nine and on to the end of the year, Lynch averaged four point six three yards per carry. That is awesome. And he was a top 13 fantasy back regardless of format. So PPR or standard, this guy was getting the job done. And, again, you're getting a, 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 a top 20, in my mind, a top 20 running back at top 30 prices. That's a bargain. That's who you want to go get. Um, there's a trio of chargers uh, 
uh, that I love as well. You were well. big on the powder blue in this column. Yes, I was, and I was kind of surprised by the ADP on Phillip Rivers, who, again, was a top eight fantasy quarterback last year. I don't see a lot changing for him. I know Hunter Henry got hurt, but I think Mike Williams, who I think a lot of people are sleeping on as well, will emerge in this offense. Mike Williams was uh, hurt last year. I mean, he hurt his back. There's all, all signs are indicating that he's good to go. Uh, in 2018 his current ADP right now is 110 to 200 so in a lot of drafts this guy's not getting drafted man and Mike Williams you look at the the air yard potential that he's got the target share potential that he's got the touchdown upside that he's got with Hunter Henry gone I would imagine I love Mike Williams I would imagine Mike Williams ADP climbs once people see him like right. he he's, he's barely forgotten. he barely played yeah. last he year. He just got forgotten. Right. So like one right. training camp comes up and we see that big wide receiver making Clemson esque plays out there, or yeah, the preseason yeah, yeah. comes and he mosses somebody. That's great. The other guy you had on there, I had as a deep sleeper too, uh, who I love, and uh, we're gonna talk to him soon. That's yeah. uh, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler. Uh, he had a stretch after the team's bye where he averaged just under 10, 10 touches per game. Not a ton. He scored his couple touchdowns there, but yeah. he also had three catches of twenty plus yards. He's dynamic he's a good piece and i think they might want to use him more because melvin gordon's averaged over 280 touches the past three years right and that was that's with a couple seasons where he was injured and didn't finish the whole year so that's his workload would have been a lot more had he uh you know stayed in for all 16 games in all those seasons so ken wisenhunt has austin eckler all over the field too man in the backfield in the slot out wide i mean he he's he's ken wisenhunt is getting very imaginative uh, with what he's going to be doing with Austin Eckler. And I imagine that carries into 2018. I mean, it took him a while to find this guy. I mean, he came from a very small school, so it took him a while to, to get him integrated into the offense. I'm really excited about his prospects here in 2018. One last name I want to get out there. One last name I want to get out there. And I don't understand it. And maybe you guys can tell me what, what I'm missing here. But Paul Richardson, he's going undrafted. I, I, I don't not, he's not going undrafted. That's yeah. just... Well, I mean, at least in all the mocks I've done, Paul Richardson is going. Where's and he going? And lots of times because... I'm taking him. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. But he's going in, like, double-digit rounds. Oh, easy. I mean, I'm looking at his current ADP range. It's 150 to, to undrafted. So, yeah. I mean, again, we're talking about rounds in a 12-team. Uh, we're talking round 13, 14. Uh, it's just – it, it, to me, it's uh, it's just baffling. I, I guess I don't understand. I think know? everybody in this room likes Paul Richardson. Yes. He's a good – the thing is, I know that statistically he wasn't a, a monster there with Seattle, but if you watch him play, man, good route runner. He, he's a good – Fast. He's a good deep threat as well. I don't know. I kind of see him as Marvin Jones. You know, actually, as I'm looking at this too, he's going after John Ross on my fantasy league no. lately. No. Why? No. What, people, no. What are, what, what are you doing, people? No. What's going on here? Uh, Alex Smith, the quarterback there in Washington. I think Paul Richardson, and again, everyone in this room, everyone listening to me knows my love affair for Josh Doxson as well. I love the kid. That being said, I look at the stylistic match with Alex Smith, and I don't like it. I, I As a matter of fact, I hate it because Josh Doxson is one of those throw it up and go get it receivers. Alex Smith ain't throwing it up, man. He's not going to be he's, – he's not one of those guys that says, I'm just going to trust my wide receiver to make go make plays. He's going to look for the guy who's open. Who's that guy going to be? I think it's going to be Paul Richardson. I mean, I've seen enough on tape from Paul Richardson to know even in bracket coverage, this guy can get open, man. Um, I think he's going to be the 1A, and I think Doxon will be the 1B. Um, there's a lot of chatter about, you know, what's Jameson Crowder's role going to be in this offense. Uh, again, I, and I like Jameson Crowder too, good weapon. But, I mean, come on, 
there's going to be there's going to be enough work in this offense uh, for for two maybe three wide receivers, and I, I really like Paul Richardson. Um, and I just think yeah, he's we massively undervalued right now. Massively. I. I uh... I'm sure you said a lot of really smart things there. I was just stuck on the fact that Paul Richardson's going after John Ross. Sorry. <laughs> so I, was just, I, just sort of, just I just sort of blacked out. <laughs> I was like, wait, what's going on here? We should, uh, we'll fix that together. But we should get Austin Eckler on the phone here yes, and chat should. with him. All right, let's go get – oh, by the way, uh, breakouts, Jarek McKinnon, uh, Michael Fabiano wrote that piece, and, and a lot of folks really, really like Jarek McKinnon. Uh, going into 2018 as well. But, uh, again, if you want to find the entire draft kit, it's going to be nfl.com slash draft kit, or you could go to our individual writer pages. You could follow us on Twitter as well. Be a pal. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. So there you go. Let's go to the phones. Okay, joining us, I you know, the, the listeners don't know this, but we actually had Austin Eckler on this podcast uh, earlier in this offseason. But, you know, some technical issues popped up. It's all good. We got Austin Eckler back with hey. us <laughs> on the show. Austin, we welcome you in to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. You know, we got a little day off right now. So okay. Enjoying that. You got a rest day, recovery day. Rest day, recovery day. Uh, are you doing the beach? I mean, what, what's going on here? Uh no, I haven't been to I've been to the beach. I was there last weekend, but right now just at the hotel, probably gonna go down to the hot tub, get some stretching in there you here go. pretty soon. Always working. Austin Eckler. Yeah. I like it, man. Hey listen, you've got a real interesting story and again I'm I'm really excited to, to share your story with our listeners out there. Um you grew up in such a small town, man. Eaton, Colorado, population five thousand. Then you go to this uh, little known college called Western State, which is also in yep. Colorado. The total undergrad enrollment there is like 2,500 students, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's so small. It's, it's, it's unique. I'll say that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's located in Gunnison, Colorado, with a population of 6,000. Okay, that's where you go to school. That's where you're that – you, I mean, you're raised out there. And then all yeah. of a sudden, you're in L.A., population in the greater L.A. area is 18 million, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was that transition yeah. like? Uh, it definitely takes, took some getting used to. The biggest thing was the traffic, which we all know if you live out here, the traffic is crazy, especially down around like the beach area and things like that. But uh, yeah, it took some getting used to as far as like the city life and things like that and not being able to do certain things like you can do in a town, like free parking and <laughs> <laughs> things like that. Like now you, you got to go. pay for everything, you know, you got to pay for bags and stuff out here, you know, credit card fees. And so it's, it's, it's different, you know, it's taking some getting used to, but I'm pretty much used to it now. You know, the reason I bring it up, uh, the reason I bring up your background a little bit is because, you know, I don't think people realize, well, look, I've worked in small towns too, okay? Um, and I don't think people realize there's a certain, sometimes there's a certain mentality that like if you grow up there that you're going to be there. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and and I could tell immediately talking to you, um, you know, both online and in real life, that you had bigger dreams. You had bigger goals for yourself. Can you talk about, you know, that small town mentality and, and how you had to fight against it and, and maybe your, you know, philosophical, your mental journey from Eaton, Colorado to now the Chargers? Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's helped me the most to even get to this point is the mental, the mental journey, like you said. And, uh, you know, I just had a mentality. I wanted to do what I wanted. I had some dreams, I had some goals, and I knew that even though I'm in a small town, like I can still do it. If I give everything I got, you know, if I give everything I got and I can't 
and I'm not able to perform, then that's fine. You know, I gave everything I got, and that's what I wanted to go in doing. And, you know, being from a small town, you know, you have everything to prove. And I was okay with that. I kind of liked it. And it gave me that underdog, you know, I think it gave me just my mentality that I have today and carry with me the weight room on the field. And it's, I still have everything to prove. And it's, nothing's going to be handed to me, you know. I'm not from a big school where I had all this competition and going against all these other teams. And so I've had everything to prove, and up to this point, I still do in my mind. And so that's the mentality I've had, and that's what, that's what kind of grew out of that small town. You know, I look at your overall athletic traits, too, and it's just it just pops, right? I mean, you ran a 4-4-3-40 at your pro day. You had a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical, which is just, I, I mean, you look at the <laughs> athletic traits and, and you're thinking to yourself, this guy can play in the NFL. Um, and, and you weren't necessarily surprised that you – have been doing you know good things in the nfl are you yeah i mean i as far as like going back to pro day we started out i knew i was going to test well but it was a it wasn't for me it wasn't testing you know i had a great pro day group and working out with lauren landau in denver you know they get you prepared as much as you can be and so i knew i was going to have a good pro day and then it was just this fact let's get on a team and let's you know show them that i can actually play this game at this level you know it's pretty good i mean you talk about playing at this level um it, the first carry you ever had as a pro, I mean, incredible, man. It's week four. You're taking on the eventual Super Bowl champions. You're talking about yep. you're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. Great yep. defense. Great defense. You had one carry in that game, bro, 35 yards <laughs> to the house. Can you oh, take man. us through the play? Can you talk about the emotion and what you yeah. saw kind of unfold before you? We actually were installing that play the other day for the rookies, and we were looking at it and brought it back up, and it just brought back all the memories. But shoot, it was I wasn't even expecting to go in on offense. You know that that game. You know I was mainly had a special teams role, and so you know I was prepared to go in if I needed to. But coach was like, "Hey, you ready to go in? You're gonna take the series." And I look kind of looked at him like, "Like what? what really?" And he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> all right, I'm going." You know, I was like, "Oh hell yeah, let's go." And so, yeah, I get in the game and first carry, cut back, and I didn't even – I watched the – we watched the play the other day. I was running for my life. I was looking all around myself, running back and forth. And, you know, just got in the end zone, and I didn't even know how to react because I hadn't really prepared for that moment to be, like, my first touchdown, you know. One carry, one touchdown. Come, but I didn't know. And so, yeah, it's a moment I'll never forget. Uh, can you talk us through the emotions? I mean, as you – again, as, as you see a lot of green in front of you – um, I think you, I think you broke away from Vinny Curry too at the defensive line. I don't know who you, what linebacker you got away from, but, um, but man, you, you were off and running. It almost seemed as if your speed kind of got everybody by surprise. I don't think they were expecting uh, the yeah, explosiveness. Exactly. Um, when you I, crossed the, when you crossed into the end zone, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? <laughs> I kind of lost all control of my emotion. I was just screaming and flexing as hard as I could. <laughs> it was kind of like a, a raw moment for me. Like, wow. Like, you know, I was so shocked and just like, wow, like, I actually scored my first touchdown on my first carry. <laughs> you know, hey, I you, didn't have anything prepared. <laughs> uh, Austin, you had told us uh, that uh, you you're, you got a real good relationship with your moms. Was she, was she yeah. in the stands for that game or no? Oh, yeah. She was crying her eyes out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's a big supporter, and, you know, I love her. And she was definitely – she cries at every game, but especially that one. That's crazy, you know? man. Wait, where does yeah. – so did she travel from Colorado to, to come watch you play? 
Yeah, she flies in. Yeah, just into the John Wayne Airport. That's crazy, man. Wow, that is some serious yeah. commitment from moms. I love it. Yeah. I, I got to ask yeah. you, like, so on the field, I mean, you know, I feel like it's a lot of situations where you, even coming into the NFL, you don't know what you don't know. But having been through a full season, what are some of the things you took away in terms of getting prepared for this season? Shoot, the thing that, you know, you take away from a season is the experience, especially that first year. That's the biggest thing as far as experience being around the team, being around the offense, you know, thankful to have Wiz come back, so it's the same offense, so not a lot of new learning, but, you know, I still am pretty comfortable, and so just the experience and being just how to prepare throughout the week and getting a routine is the biggest thing. I was in a meeting the other day, and uh, Coach Fredo, our running back coach, he was like, man, it's crazy what a year difference does for you, man. I was like, I know, right? Like, remember me last year at this time? I was just running around trying to figure out my way, and so... <laughs> And the whole year of experience is huge for especially the rookie year, and I think that's the biggest takeaway from from that first year. Hey, can you talk about again? Uh, you you come from you know uh, Eaton, Colorado, then Gunnison, Colorado. I, I mean, you talk about level of competition. You go from playing guys uh, against Western State, and then your next game action is against NFL players. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, can you talk about what maybe surprised you, and maybe what didn't surprise you? Uh, about your, again, your rookie campaign? Uh, I would say, I mean, you hear it all the time, but it's just the speed of the game. And, and back in college, you know, most people I could run away from. And now, shoot, it's, it, it's a foot raise every time just to get to the secondary. You know, D lineman running just as fast, <laughs> if not faster. You know, it's crazy now. And so the, and the size is another thing. Uh, as far as blocking linebackers and things like that, now I, I definitely feel it on my body. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a big frame, so I definitely feel those hits. And that's by the speed and just the size of the players. And then the magnitude, I'd say, of, of the offense is one, another difference because we had a pretty simple offense in college. And now, you know, it's our job, so we have a lot more time that we can put into it. And mm. so we're changing playbook every every week just so, you know, people can't scheme us. You, uh, real quick, I, I know that you had talked about your size, 5'10", 195. Um, the thing I, I, I really appreciated about watching you on tape that I was actually really surprised by was how strong you were against, you know, established NFL guys. Did that surprise yeah. you at all? Your power really translated – uh, well on the field? Uh, you know, I've always you know, taken pride in you know, the weight room, the process, all of it. Just I'm pretty balanced body. I don't know if it's my genetics or what, but everyone, you know, every time I go lift, like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's just something I was blessed with, and so I'm running with it, you know. and Yeah, it helps me absolutely on the field with my balance and being able to take a hit and bounce bounce off and maybe keep my feet or not actually just get obliterated on the ground. But when you, you know? when you took on your first NFL linebacker and you're able to either, you know, bounce off or, or maybe kind of get – at least move that pile forward, were you like, yeah, okay, cool, I, I belong? Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, the, the hits are definitely different. You know, I definitely film a lot more, but, you know, I still feel like I can, I can get underneath people because I do have that natural leverage and I can still move forward and, yeah, power forward. Absolutely. Yeah, I, you mentioned like the offense and things that changed. What's it like playing with Philip Rivers, who's been in the league forever? Go. Who's been in the league forever, and obviously uh, yeah. is, he can he can be, shall we say, impatient with people who don't necessarily you know kind of vibe oh, with what yeah. he wants. What, what's that been like playing with him? I love it. He's definitely the most competitive guy that I have ever met, and I love that about it, especially on game day. Uh, 
in practice, you know, he's a little bit more laid back. You know, like you said, he doesn't really have a lot of patience because he expects you to know, you know, the offense because we install it, and he's been doing it forever. So it's like the back of his hand. And so that's a little intimidating, but I think it's it's good for us, because especially for our young guys, because that little bit of pressure, you know, just makes you want to do that much more to, you know, I want to do this for the team and for Phil. So, you know, I'm not getting in trouble, but I know what I'm doing, too, when I'm out there with him. And that's why I felt that pressure definitely my rookie year. You know, I put it on myself and just being around him because he's so competitive. And if you mess up, he's going to let you know because he wants it to be perfect because, you know, we're trying to win championships out here. And you gotta have you got to have perfection to get it done. There you go. Austin Eckler from the Chargers joining us. Hey, before I let you go, um, the listeners, they probably don't realize this, but, you know, we actually got on each other's radars when you saw my segment, The Danger Zone, on NFL <laughs> Network. Um, yeah. I, when you I, And I've never had the pleasure of asking a player this, but obviously the segment gets pretty wacky. Um, when you saw when you saw the danger zone and and here you come Austin Eckler all of a sudden on, on NFL Network in this crazy mm-hmm. wacky segment, um, what was your reaction to that? Uh well, first of all, like I mean, I'm not really like a big money guy or like a spotlight player, so you know I'm trying to grow into this role that whatever my role is, I'm growing into it, and so it was kind of like a awakening, like wow, like. You know, I'm I'm part of this thing too. You know, it's a big business, but I'm also in this, because uh, you know we have media in the locker room all the time, and so for me to you know get a little respect from you guys, which I appreciate. Yeah, there you, you go. Know, it was pretty pretty special for me. There you go. Nice. All right, I like it. Austin Eckler, man. We uh, wish you the best going into 2018. We appreciate your time, and we thank you for coming thank on to the you. NFL Fantasy Live podcast, man. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, the great Austin Eckler taking time out of his day to join us here. Uh, 260 rush yards, 279 receiving yards, five total touchdowns uh, in 2017. So not, you know, not awesome numbers by any stretch of the imagination, but again, limited touches there in 2017. Will he see an expanded role in 2018? He averaged 5.3 yards per carry and 10.3 yards per reception. That was pretty impressive. Pretty good. Pretty good athlete, very explosive. Um, again, Alex, you had mentioned this um, prior to the phone call, but a lot of us have have a little bit of of love for Austin Eckler, right? Uh, uh, I have him in bargains. You've got him in deep sleepers, and he was actually in the original uh, post draft ranks, ranks eleven as well. So a lot of us here in the fantasy stronghold have seen him on tape, kind of looked at the looked at the numbers. <laughs> and we liked what we saw. Yeah, and I mean, they didn't really do much else to address the backfield. I think the Chargers really like what they have, and Gordon is the main guy, and Austin Eckler as the change of pace guy. Yeah. The only addition they made was Justin Jackson in the seventh round of the draft, and he'll probably be fighting for a roster spot. You know, much, It'll be tough for him to usurp either of those guys, I think. So it's a great situation and a high-powered offense, and uh, it's always fun rooting for a guy like Austin. Hell you know, yeah. Come from a small town, undrafted guy. You know, like yeah. Those are a lot of the players that always that always steal your heart as a fan. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I had wrote in my piece, I think a 400-400 with 35 receptions and five to seven touchdowns, I think that's doable for Austin Eckler. So we're talking 800 total yards. 35 receptions um, and five to seven touchdowns. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's out of bounds in terms of the yardage. Might be a touch high uh, if you break up the entire offense, but it's not you know crazy. Yeah, I mean, again, and, and if and if we can, and if he can get to those levels, I mean, we're talking a top 30 running back. And again, this is a guy that's going undrafted right now in most drafts. So 
I don't know. Uh, I kind of like the value. That's why I have them in bargains. Let's uh, let's get Daily Daps and get out of here. All right, let's r- close out your show with Daily Daps. Daps, 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 daps. Now we're talking no, about no. dog bites and <laughs> dipping. Daps, 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 daps. You know, if you like creepy rabbits, uh, this movie's for you. What a degenerate are you? Godzilla is down there. This is why I love this group of guys. We're like, ah, whirlwind. There it goes. Boom. All right, Daily Dap time. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what you got? Um, I, uh... I saw what uh, Alex has as his daily dap, so I will not steal his thunder. But okay. I, let me just say that proactively, I uh, I also dap what, hey. what Alex is going to dap. But I'll leave it alone. <laughs> you can dap at first. It's I'm fine. not going to because you wrote it down. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to defer. But anyway, uh, my dap, I want to dap Gabby DeMarco, who if you have not seen, her, the video has gone viral. She was at a Padres game, I believe yesterday or earlier in the week. Okay. Um, Who's Gabby DeMarco? She was just hanging out at a Padres game, just oh. a regular old fan, okay. and uh, not only caught a foul ball in her beer, but then drank the entire beer around the, <laughs> the ball. Is that drank right? the whole beer around <laughs> the ball. That's pretty amazing. Like, you know, as somebody who's been to, you know, a ton of baseball games in my life, obviously getting, getting a foul ball is a big deal because you can go to games forever and ever and never get one. Um, so to get one, to catch it in your beer is pretty amazing. And then to just, like, you know, shake it off and keep drinking. Never even took the ball out of the beer, mind you. <laughs> just drank it like it was a giant rawhide ice cube it or is, something. It, it was amazing. Ama- it's amazing, and it's also disgusting. Yeah, but I think it's more amazing than disgusting. I mean, that's like picking up – it's literally no different than picking up a piece of rock off the ground. It's very different dropping than that. It I mean, you're also talking – you're talking to a guy – into your beer and drinking around You're it. talking to a guy who drank, who drank beer out of a trophy, so, <laughs> I mean, what? True. I was what? I witnessed it. <laughs> there's, there's, I was witness. <laughs> there, was, there was video. There's video of it, okay? Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Alex Gelhar. Uh, so two daily daps. The first one that Marcus uh, proactively dapped as well is okay. to uh, our good friends and colleagues, uh, Chris Wesseling and Lakeisha Jackson. They got engaged. Hey! and uh, found out yesterday, and they put it out on social media for all to see today. And just they're two wonderful people, and I'm so glad they found each other through this place at the NFL. And uh, couldn't be more happy for them. So that's uh, just phenomenal. And the other daily dap I want to give is to – did you guys see this video of this 10-year-old kid that covered Imagine by John Lennon at a no, talent show? I have no. not. Oh, my God. It's incredible. Uh, if you just searched, like, 10-year-old Imagine cover, he's from Minnesota. His name okay. is Adam Kornowski. Uh, he does it, and, like, it's, you know, the like elementary school talent show. Everybody's in the auditorium or whatever. It's just, like, dead silent as he's just slaying this song this little this skinny little 10 year old kid with glasses playing the piano singing it yeah. beautifully and he gets done and the crowd erupts and it went viral my dad texted my sister and me about it he's like you guys have to go watch this right away i was like all right dad calm down i watched it and i like got a little dusty it's it's so good to see this nice. kid just crush it and he said too that he picked the song imagine because of everything that's going on in the world and oh, if you know the song if you know the song imagine it's pretty cool that a that a 10 year old boy uh, thought to do that and performed it so well at the town show so go check it out uh, Adam Kornowski, the video is its honestly spectacular. That's great, man. Uh, and, again, congratulations certainly uh, to Wes and Lakeisha. That's awesome, man. its uh, That is great. To find love here. <laughs> of all places. <laughs> it's like a rose growing through the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will give Daily Daps to a, a, a trio of uh, female reporters, sports reporters, that I have really come to appreciate. Uh, over the last year. Doris Burke, of course, uh, she does everything for ESPN, man. I mean, she's a reporter. She's, uh, you know, she's a, a play-by-play person. She's a color commentator. I, she's just 
She's amazing. She's just really good at her job. It is amazing. She's amazing. To wear those different hats and do them all well, that's so – people don't realize that is so difficult. It's so di- – and she does everything spectacularly. So Doris Burke, uh, one of the best in the game, certainly. Kristen Ledlow from uh, TNT, TNT's broadcast and also NBA TV. Um, she's got a great backstory. You should read up on it. Um, but, man, she does an excellent – job as well and finally uh, alex curry who my family we we watch a lot of american ninja warrior okay and uh she's not on the she's on american ninja warrior uh the team competition so head to head it's on I, usa network i don't think i knew there was a team competition oh if you have i like that format actually better than the actual format because it's it's head to head it's one-on-one it's two it's two ninja warriors competing against each other um, and if you haven't seen that format, you should abs- – they, they crush these courses. I mean, they're done with these courses in, like, 45 seconds. It's amazing how fast they're going. They're going head-to-head. Is this like a, is this like a tag team sort of thing, like a relay it, race? It, yeah, it can be. Okay. Uh, it can be. But, yeah, no, it's, it is incredible. Anyways, Alex Curry is the reporter, uh, sideline reporter. I'm using air quotes here. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what the hell to call them, but I think they're sideline reporters uh, on, that, on that show. And, of course, our very own uh, Akbar Bajabiamil is on that show as well, which is a big reason why um, I watch this program. But uh, Alex Curry does an incredible job as well. I think she, she also covers baseball for Fox Sports West. Yeah, she does, like, the Angels and stuff, there you I go. think. That's what I, it is. I, she's really good. I've yeah. seen her all over the place. Um, I love the energy she brings, the information, and you could tell she comes in very well prepared as well. One little anti-dap. Uh, slight anti-daps to uh, the the most recent episode of Westworld. Uh, they had been that they had been just keeping that train going, and it was great. Really, you didn't like the most recent episode? I hated it. Wow. I I absolutely it went it, it it's like they ran out of ideas, and then they're like, ah, eh, let's just use some really, uh, let's just use some commonly used TV tropes, and let's just get out of here. That's what I felt. We'll talk about this offline. <laughs> I just, it's like it was such an imaginative show, and then all well, of a sudden. It's, it's not over, James. There's more, I, there are more episodes. I'm, ho- I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful they get back on track and they don't go back to the whole, you know. It, it, it's almost as if it was like a great HBO show, and then they borrowed on like a great, like, you know, ABC show. And nothing against a great ABC show, but you know what you're getting with an ABC show. And you know that HBO shows, a great HBO show, is going to be above and beyond that. That's just, so it's a, it's a slight, it's just a slight. I still like the show, still love the show. It was overall an entertaining episode as well, but just a slight anti-tap. That's all. That's all. Uh, Producer Christina, what you got? Um, I'm giving one giant daily dap to my family. Next week we're going on vacation. Yeah. Nice. So it's our first family vacation in the last like five or six years. Hell yeah. Uh, because Where I was in going? college. Uh, my sister was in college. Uh, we're going to Grand Cayman. Grand Cayman. Wow, look so, at you. Fancy. Yeah, trying to do it big. My hell grandparents yeah. are getting older. so it'll Oh, be your grandparents are going too? Yeah, so oh, we're getting the yeah. whole family to go. Let's Cousins, go. grandparents. What? Yeah, we're trying to round it up because we don't know how many more we'll be able to get everybody together. Okay. okay. So big daily dap to that, and I'll fill you guys awesome. in when I get back. Sounds Dude, good. That is amazing. How many people? How many people in total are going? You think? Um, I want to say roughly twenty of us are going. Wow, wow that should so, be fun. So yeah, wow. so I'm hoping. <laughs> So we can already it all pencil works in, out. We can already pencil in Christina's daily dap for like a couple weeks. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. All the stories lined up for the next few weeks. That is terrific. All right, so there you go. That was a great show that we had today. We appreciate Austin Eckler coming on. For the Whiz Kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar and MG Mike Guy Marcus Grant and producer Christina and the, and the intern as well. I'm James Coe. We appreciate you listening. We'll catch you next week.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. <laughs> 